episode 224 of the Saturn Studs podcast. I'm Kurt, joined again this week by my exploratory co-hosts, Peter and Jake. That's right. Coming at you with the Silver Spaniel edition. That's right. We've taken a small dog and dipped it in sterling just for you this episode. It's it's fairly shiny. It was more like a like a frosted tip sort of situation. <laughs> Ooh, I gotta get down with that. Guy dog airy. I'm definitely gonna be the type of person that like paints my dog like rainbow colors whenever I get like the big floofy dog. Rainbow colors? I feel like guys. Whatever, I don't care. Rainbow color, whatever it <laughs> what, wants. What, I'm gonna have it pick out the what colors. Would, what would rainbow colors be, Jake? Rainbow colors. <laughs> <laughs> you know, rainbow colors. Oh, I thought you said rainbow colors. I'm like. I, Roy, yeah. G, and Biv, you know, those colors, those ones. I was like, you just like red with the brown and the green. Like, the color spectrum. <laughs> and of course, as always, we're coming at you live from deep within the Amazon jungle or some other shit like that somewhere in South America trying to find a lost Incan temple. Yeah. And uh, we decided to stop uh, and, and record record a podcast so we can tell you how it's going. We ain't found shit. We ain't <laughs> found shit. Home the jungle. <laughs> um, fucking. <laughs> yeah, it's hot. It's muggy. There are mosquitoes everywhere. This was a terrible idea. Dude, the, the, how, the Airbnb we rented has like no windows on it. So there are mosquitoes getting in everywhere. Not the best design yeah. house. When we, when the travel agent talked to us by phone, they said, there's lots of mesquite, and, and then it cut off. And I thought they were talking about yeah, barbecue. Mesquite barbecue. Yeah. I thought there was going to be a giant cookout. This is the last time we let Peter book Got a vacation. <laughs> um, Guys, good, but, good but, news. There's a bunch of mesquite wood. Unfortunately, unfortunately, uh, we can't get any hydroxychloroquine for <laughs> preventing malaria because <laughs> someone decided to use it all for COVID. The United really. States now controls a monopoly on hydroxychloroquine, and uh, they are using it for <laughs> uh, COVID, and it works. So not. we can't use it for its uh, intended purpose of warding off malaria from mosquitoes in the Amazon <laughs> jungle. <laughs> We're going to have to st- switch to the other chloro uh, that is OxyClean. <laughs> That'll get rid of malaria. It's going to inject OxyClean into them. Yeah, I mean, you can't get malaria if you're dead. <laughs> I've never seen right. malaria and OxyClean in the same room, both alive at the same time. So it's That's true. Work. I've I've also never I've... seen uh, what malaria looks like under a microscope. <laughs> yeah. Um, although... This all has conjured a, a horrific nightmare image in my head. So Billy Mays is still alive. And there's, like, in the middle of riots going on in the Capitol, he's at the White House doing an OxyClean commercial. It's like planes fall in the background. Billy Mays here. In the Oval Office. Trying to survive. You want to clean up the downfall of our U.S. government. Is your skin Oxy-clean. stained orange? OxyClean. I'll get that right out. Restore your natural color. <laughs> 
Billy Mays here, back from the dead, running for president, 2024. Make America clean again. Make Make cocaine again. again. (laughs) Running on the OxyClean party. (laughs) I like that. Uh, Anyways, we're talking about Dora, the the Explorer, Lost City of Gold, or whatever the shit is. Is it just Dora in the Lost City of Gold? I think it was Dora in the Lost City of Gold, yes. And um, I started watching that movie on Prime, and for some reason, when I clicked on it, it had the, like, uh, I guess, narration for the visually impaired on. Yeah. (laughs) And it was describing (laughs) the logos (laughs) as they were coming on. And I'm like, this is Orange letters fly into the screen. (laughs) I wanted to fucking uh, keep watching it, but I found it distracting once the story actually started. So I had to switch over to Hulu to watch it without that. But (laughs) goddamn, if that wasn't fucking hilarious. That's so funny. It was good for a few seconds. I also had that. I think Kurt described it the best. It was better and it was worse and better than I expected all at the same time. It was indeed both better and worse than I thought it would be. (laughs) Um, If if they finish the CGI in time for the uh, Ultra HD Blu-ray release, maybe it could be a good uh, Tomb Raider movie. Well, it was in four, it was available in 4K if you wanted to oh buy it. God. Maybe that's how you yeah. unlock the spe- the good CGI. They, they, that's where they they stored the finished <laughs> CGI behind that paywall. <laughs> so behind a paywall, you want a monkey that doesn't look like a horror monster? Because <laughs> there they was... actually get Danny Trejo to play that part. <laughs> I died, dude. There were so many what the fuck moments during this. The moment that was, yeah, it's, the fox it's, came that on was, It's weirdly fever dreamy. Like, I don't know why they leaned into the insanity I'm, part of the... Well, I thought they the, were going to, like, structure this as a, a harrowing tale of a girl with mental illness. Uh, <laughs> you could definitely... <laughs> exploring the jungle, that. but then they kind of dropped that angle. and like, no, she's just... She's just, like, an idiot savant. She's just on the spectrum. <laughs> I mean, oh all signs God, are yeah. sort of pointing that way. I mean, a hundred percent. Incredibly smart, so, uh, very resourceful, uh, not socially inept. Doesn't pick up on social. I, views. I think you mean very socially inept. Too socially inept. Yeah. Somehow socially inept and and uh, yeah, she's just awkward. You can't you can't think of the other word, can he? You can't think of the other my word, can you, Jake? Today. You spilled I your spilled beans. My beans last Why did you spill your beans? <laughs> that is going to be a running joke on this cast for a long time, and I'm okay for with forever. that. Forever. <laughs> Put it in. Put it in with all the rest beans, of shit that no one fucking remembers, like Duck Duck Goose. <laughs> Oh, the God, horror yeah. movie that will be a you know best. what we could almost you could you could get that produced now that we're all in quarantine oh, looking I, at some of the trailers I, we I'm have dragging oh, yeah. on i mean like yeah. if, let's, let's if talk about some hair trailers. the bar and duck duck goose <laughs> could line up on hulu Welcome next to month <laughs> <laughs> our trailer roundup segment where we discuss trailers and uh two weeks ago we had a slew of just terrible looking trailers and then last week 
we had a bunch of good-looking trailers, and now we're we've spun the pendulum back around. Uh, we've actually we have a we have a sliding scale. There was only three trailers we managed to pull up, and one looks terrible, one looks okay, and one looks kind of good. Yeah, Let's start yes. with the terrible, shall we? Bad hair. Yeah, we'll work our way up. <laughs> Remember that Bad hair. episode of The Simpsons where Homer gets a cursed toupee? Well, the acclaimed director of Dear White People has made a deal with Hulu to produce a movie that's basically the same plot, only with a black girl who gets a cursed weave. Now, I don't think I don't think it was a weave. I thought they just did no, her it's hair a weave. The, like she got like the a synopsis says in 1989, an ambitious young woman gets a weave in order to succeed in the image obsessed world of music television. However, her flourishing career came at a great cost when she realized that her new hair may have a mind of its own. No. Now, if that doesn't so hook gonna, you, are they going to do a what does? No, they, <laughs> what, what? Are they going to do a whiplash scene like she tries to get a com, uh, career in the music industry? They have J. Jonah Jameson, just like, not my hairstyle. It's going to be... Not quite my hairstyle. It's going to be like a... Uh, the the ending is going to be like a found footage sort of like uncovering of this uh, the events of this. And then Willow Smith is going to pop it into her VHS player. And that's going to give her the inspiration for I whip my hair back and forth. That's it. That's it. Um, there it is. Yeah, like, this movie, the, the imagery that they are putting up in this movie... I, I think, I don't know. I don't know what they're going for here because, like, she's, like, crying as she gets her hair done. And then she starts, like, hallucinating her ancestors. Because she's tender-headed, Peter. <laughs> Is that what they say? She asks if she's tender-headed. I'm like, everyone's fucking tender-headed. Just don't braid it too tight. <laughs> yeah, I guess I... Your scalp I is know. tender. That's That's a feature of your scalp. <laughs> Oh my god! Like, I, the only way this movie ends and is redeemable is if she gets in a fight with another lady and rips off her weave in the fight, and then that's how she snatched her ball. Just that's how they defeat the monster at the end of the coast. She gets in a fight in a at the nail fight. parlor because someone called their nails tacky. Yeah, and then another girl snatches her ball. <laughs> that's the only way this ends and is redeemable. Is they get into oh, a street fight ends. and it ends up on World Star? <laughs> yeah, everyone <laughs> gathers around. Oh my god! World Star, World, World Star. Star, and then it zooms out to Alfred University in 2016 <laughs> as Peter enters Doctor LaCourse's office for <laughs> to get a question answered, and he's watching it on his fucking computer. <laughs> and scene. Now that's a movie. <laughs> That's how you do it. I will give weave. the trailer props because it ends in the best way, like the most memeable way possible. I need to get this as a GIF and put labels and and put a, a thousand versions of it online because it is the elevator door opens and she's there, like clearly possessed or whatever. And the other lady's like, "Are you okay? Yeah. Are you all right? You doing all right?" And her response: She just. She just fucking screams at them. She just banshee screams at them. As her hair, like, like fucking Medusa's out. Or Bayonetta, yeah. I guess, would be the better comparison. Just insert any target of internet, anyone who's, like, internet angry. And you put their name under her, and it's 
you know, yeah. meme fodder for the ages. <laughs> That's the best fucking still of it, too. She looks like fucking Sideshow Bob. She... <laughs> Which they I guess, I mean, they, they pulled inspiration for the premise from the uh, Simpsons. Why not the art direction as well? <laughs> exactly. That's great. Yeah, sure. All the hairs going in different directions. I hope it, I, I know it's weird, but I hope this is like a practical effect. <laughs> and they just have so that wig there. That's his actual weed. Well, well, all you have to do, it's so easy to do a practical effect, but I can never tell if they're, if it's, they decide that it's cheaper to do CGI. Cause for this, what it seems to me like they did was they just tied her hair with strings at various points. And then when she screams, they all, you know, every all the crew members pull the strings and it pulls her hair out. Hair oh, takes that? a long time to do in graphics and the, they're, they're paid by the hour, so the longer the effect takes, the more money it costs. So Dude, I don't. They might do it practically. You ever know? You ever see one of those uh, air zookas? No. Yes. I, I, it took me a second to remember what you were thinking of, yeah, but yes. That's what they did for this it's, scene. They just, it's they just had five guys just, just shoot air zookas at her face. All out, oh, all oh air zookas. Okay. <laughs> you compressed air cannons. Yeah, I gotcha. <laughs> What a like! What an invention that they just. Who is bold enough to market that as like a as a as a toy? When they're like, you know how you like, you ever put a rubber band on the back of a trash bag and you just snap it? Yeah, we'll make that like a toy and sell it for like twenty God, bucks. These are, the, <laughs> these are so fun. Those are the guys who made. Those are the guys behind modern DLC. God, they have, <laughs> look at this guy. Yeah, they they were they were. Uh, brought in as consultants on Oblivion and uh, <laughs> that's how we got horse armor. Man's got a <laughs> man's got a laser sight on his air zooka. Man is in fucking a flak vest with shit smeared on his face to mimic camouflage with his air zooka that does in but, fact have a laser sight. <laughs> But his shirt underneath the flak jacket is just a green yeah, button-up shirt. It's just a regular <laughs> green button-up shirt. They they didn't want to spend too much money, so they went to the costume store and got like the fucking military vest, and <laughs> they just took some mud and smeared it on his fucking face. And they're like, make a menacing Arr. face, and he's like, "Err, I know you can't see me yet. Uh, video will be coming soon. Don't worry." So I really want an Arizuka now. Damn it. You're a big boy, Jake. You can you can buy one. Do they like it's surreal? No, this is a photoshopped Arizuka. There's no way they made like a sequel to the Arizuka. <laughs> this. Speaking of uh, war fighters, uh, as this man is the <laughs> war of grandpa. <laughs> I bet there's gonna be an Arizuka in that. Oh, most most definitely. So did. Uh, I have one question about this trailer. Yeah, Robert De Niro, did the Irishman just not do well? You got to give me the numbers on this, because I mean it was Netflix you were exclusive. In that. They yes, I, they were paid but, a flat fee. Yeah, I mean they're they're paid ahead of time <laughs> or, or paid, you know, in installments or whatever, not based off the numbers that come out for it. Yeah, because there's no growth. Well, surely it's not Scorsese like can... would have negotiated for a a handsome fee for for a movie of this caliber, for a movie of that caliber. Do you remember if he won any awards for it? 
I don't think so. I think the Academy is still kind of like, Netflix. Well, this might be his, like, Academy B. <laughs> oh, yeah, this is his Oscar <laughs> rate. This is Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> He's still trying to get another one. <laughs> I think like this is. I think this is Oscar this is bad. Like, okay. So whenever I see Peter Robert uh, De Niro yes. wanted to buy a new boat. Okay, so he has to make a little extra cash. So he did the work, Grandpa, and he called up some of his friends. He called up Christopher Walken. He called up Uma Thurman, and he's like, "You guys want to get right in there. on this with me?" And they're like, "Yeah." And Christopher Walken's like, "Sure." <laughs> <laughs> like he names the uh, boat yeah. the war with Grandpa. God, I forgot they were in this. Um, I feel like the last time I saw anything that was this bad, it was Nine Lives with Kevin Spacey, and he got accused of of child diddling. You know, later that year. Um, so I just I I don't feel good about any movie that this young that's this teen diddling bad. Let's, like let's let's not. Let's, I'm not saying I'm not saying Robert De Niro's diddling kids, all right. I'm not saying he's Robert D- Diddle Nero. Um, that's his diddle name. You tried. Not his middle name. It's his diddle name. Um, <laughs> I'm saying that sometimes a man needs to get lawyers' fees ahead of time for something big if it goes down. Okay, I'm a I'm a push back a little on on your assessment. This doesn't look that bad. Like it doesn't look good. It looks like you know. A bog standard mid two thousands think daddy daycare style family movie, which yes, I actually did argue for this. I was like, we need more of these. It's so fine. I be so like it doesn't. Obviously, it's not going to revolutionize your worldview or anything like that. But compared to like, let's just compare it to Dora. I I would rather watch this than Dora. Like at least the plot seems grounded in reality, and the trailer did make me laugh a couple times. Uh, they've got Cheech of Cheech and Chong in here, and uh, you know. I thought that's who it, it was. That's awesome. It, it, you know, they got they got a good cast, and uh, it's a premise. It's based on a book that apparently sold well. So you know, it's just, not some fucking Hollywood screenwriter just phoning it in. I feel like I've never felt this much animosity though towards my grandpa, even if he were to like steal my room for a bit. Well, yes, but Jake, you are not—you do not live inside of a movie. <laughs> Your life does not need conflict to drive itself forward, like the Did plot of a movie Grandpa? does. Did I do it. <laughs> foam yeah, honestly, sealant on his face, like some of this stuff. Yeah, could the like... foam sealant, like kid. If you really want to get rid of your grandpa, just fucking change his meds out. Yeah, and, really. <laughs> and wait two of... weeks. <laughs> dip some of his like. I don't know what what are they what are they, what are, what do old people take? Go to a pharmacist. Go to a pharmacist um. with his blood pressure medication, <laughs> and ask them what can't be taken with this, and then buy that thing and swap out <laughs> one of his other medications <laughs> with it. Hi, Grandpa. It's time to start your new grapefruit diet. <laughs> Here, take this mystery vitamin. It's uh, it's one of them. B, vitamin B, I don't know. It's it's vitamin GHB. It's iodine. It's, <laughs> it's iodine pills to sanitize water. <laughs> yeah. Oh, iodine pills. Here, Grandpa, here's your tea. I put a little polonium in it to help with your digestion. <laughs> no one is. No one I've heard has fallen out of windows <laughs> recently in Russia. So 
So I guess I guess the economy's on the. He up did do up. some pretty funny jokes, like the uh, the the snake in the bed as an homage to the horse head. Yeah, the they, they were playing the fucking Godfather music too. I'm like, if they like put a stuffed horse head in the bed, I'm gonna fucking oh, lose it. I just wish it was like it like had that like red stain over it, and like they did it slower, and maybe it was like spaghetti or some of that. Yeah, it's good. that would have been just so funny. Uh, I would have loved that so much. <laughs> they have another Godfather music playing in the background. Yeah, it was pretty. Yeah, this had this had good. some moments. I, I think this this movie is gonna be one of those where it has like certain moments that do make me go ha ha ha. It'll and be a decidedly six out of ten movie. Yeah, and everyone will be okay with it. <laughs> De Niro is gonna get his mm-hmm. his little extra cashola, buy a new boat, name it the War with Grandpa, and. uh Go fishing with uh, Cheech and Christopher Walken. And Christopher Walken. Yeah, they're gonna gonna have some brews and they're gonna catch some fish. <clears throat> Not unlike um, Spider-Man v. Batman, uh, which is the other trailer that we uh, got today. Fun fact: Spider-Man there is a Spider-Man Batman crossover comic. It is a single issue. It's about fifty pages, and it is. Worse than you would hope. <laughs> I just I feel it's like not those bad, don't mix. but it's okay. Well, it, it actually it, it the the premise of it was okay because they were like investigating I think the kingpin. Mm. Okay. And uh, you know it it worked <laughs> enough. <laughs> it just wasn't as a lot of those Marvel DC crossover things were not good. Like the JLA uh, Avengers crossover comic was terrible. It was not good. <laughs> I think we looked this up one time, and I fi- I found there was like the crossover here. Like where they what's his name? No, no, no. There's a dude. Oh right, the uh, yeah, the guy whose responsibility is to keep the dimensions separate. I forget his name as well. Yeah, but yeah, we did. Look He's that a up. homeless guy all the time. Yeah. All right. Anyway, but uh, the devil all the time is the story of a uh, vainglorious southern preacher and uh, a murderous Tom Holland, maybe. Uh, I guess I... <laughs> heroically so murderous. Is Tom Holland's ancestor like a Nazi? No, I think he pulled out. He pulled Luger off a dead oh, okay. uh, German guy. In the war, in the war, I don't know which one it was. Uh, World War Two, according to There's... the synopsis. Okay, <laughs> it looked very smoky and looked like a like a some sort of no man's land. Yeah, I I, I didn't but... see any like German uh, paraphernalia on the, the guy's uniform, but I, I, I couldn't tell. But okay, that's fine. I because I thought maybe they were yeah. like setting him up to be like, you know, in this trailer to be like, oh, he's uh maybe a little racist. Yeah, because it. It's... Well, there's no one to be. I don't think there's anyone to be racist against in this. Movie. Yeah, they're they're all kind of, kind of white. They're all... No, but he could he could be racist. <laughs> is, is this an Appalachian? <laughs> yeah, it seems like. Um, it. it says Southern Ohio. Oh, in the synopsis. Okay. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so that's like old. I get super mountainy vibes from this. Oh, Southern Ohio could be very mountainous. I don't know a lot about that part of the state. Ohio is. Generally regarded as flat, I think. Yeah, I thought Ohio was. Just... I don't know. There are any mountain ranges that run through Ohio. Ah, <laughs> uh, the Great Ohio Mountain Range. 
go hiking and skiing on our great Ohio mountain range. It's Summit just, Mount. Summit Mount. What's your point? <laughs> just a mound of dirt. Yeah. In the backyard. Um, this really feels like it wants to be in the Appalachian Mountains. It does feel decidedly more southern than uh, the setting would indicate, but maybe that was just what America looked like in the 60s. <laughs> yeah, it, it could be. Who knows? So it, it seems like it, it could be really, really good. I, I've been saying for years that Robert Pattinson is the best actor in Hollywood. and uh, Have you? And after seeing uh, Lighthouse... Because this is interesting. Interestingly enough, this is the first time I've heard you say that, even after you reviewed a movie of his. (laughs) I have been saying this for years. I I really have. I've been saying it daily, nightly, and ever so rightly, that that Robert Pattinson needs to be in every single movie ever made. After his performance of Twilight, New Moon, Breaking Dawn, Breaking Dawn Part 2. They really did milk that last one, didn't they? (laughs) Yeah, they they stretched it. Apparently... Uh, Stephanie Meyer came out with a new book, which is Twilight from Edward's perspective. Oh, did she? I thought she canceled that. No, it's she, out, she and they're reading going. it on 372 pages. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> then this bitch came in. She smelled so good. <laughs> <laughs> I lost it. I instantly got a chub. I wanted a fighter. I forget. It's something like, like, Gathering Night or whatever. Yeah, I I don't remember the title. <laughs> Sorry, but Eclipse. It's, I stepped into no, the sunlight Eclipse, and I sparkled. Eclipse was like the one of the books in the Twilight series. I think. Yeah, right. It was Eclipse, New Moon, and Breaking and Dawn. Else. Dawn. Oh, I thought it was Wax and Gibbous. Wax and Gibbous. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's a new one. <laughs> And the sequel, the the sequel the to that one will be Waning Gibbous. Waning, and then, uh, Waning Crescent. And then That's another series. Uh, <laughs> oh, fucking moon. Wheat Moon. And then uh, Blue Moon. Harvest the Moon. <laughs> but then they, they get it's into just... uh, copyright disputes with Family Guy over their Star Wars parody. Isn't that called Harvest Moon? I the Harvest Moon is a video game series where you oh, play a were you farmer. talking about the Blue Harvest? Blue Harvest. Is that that's what, what it probably is. Yeah, yeah. That was the the fit when Family Guy just did Star yeah. Wars. They called it Blue Harvest. Harvest Moon refers to a Why? song by Neil Young. <laughs> oh shit! It's also. A time when there is a full moon for I think five nights in a row. It is the full moon closest to the autumnal equinox. Yeah, because you could do your work in the dark. Imagine that. Mm. People are lit. I could swear Harvest Moon was a video game series. This cast, this cast is pretty stacked, to be honest. It Um, is. Tom Holland, Robert Pattinson, uh, Harry Melling, Sebastian Stan. Bill uh, Skarsgård. Bill Skarsgård, I saw him in there. That was really cool. Uh, I think there's one more who I, th- I was like, oh, nice. Can't wait to see that. Let me, let me look up the uh, full cast. Yeah, Netflix spared no expense, much like with The Irishman. <laughs> I just got them all. Um, yep. Yeah, I don't like... 
whatever. Yeah, I don't particularly know that it's something I will seek out, but if uh, it gets enough buzz, maybe I'll I'll check it mm -hmm. out. But yeah, it's certainly, given the uh, competition this week, looks like the best movie we've yeah. got coming out. <laughs> One thing I'm most yeah. excited for, um, I guess in, like, it's not a trailer. We, we also had a no new trailer for Unhinged. Um, it was the second one. It gave us a little bit more uh, information on it, I guess. Just gave away more of the plot. Because the first trailer didn't. Didn't do well, enough of that. The first trailer was just like she gets like this psycho driver just runs after her. He actually like talks to her though. He like gives her all these times to like apologize. Yeah, and, uh, that was in the first like, trailer too. Oh did oh did he? Okay. Yeah. I, I don't remember. All that. he wanted was an apology. <laughs> That's all he fucking wanted he was an apology. He kills a lot for... of people. He does. He does. He's yeah, very committed to uh my God! I, all I see when I look at this trailer is just how fat Russell Crowe got, and it's like, wait, wow. is that Russell Crowe? I thought it was yes. just like a Russell Crowe lookalike. <laughs> no, that he is put the on man like who was in Gladiator. Oh my God! Why is Russell Crowe so fat? What'd you do, buddy? See, Jake, when you eat like you're working out three times a day, but you <laughs> stop working out three times a day. <laughs> Man, That's dude, what happens to you. <laughs> dude blimped out. Um, it's a good thing there's a truck there. It gets out. He's just got a big pot belly on him. <laughs> <laughs> he breathes very oh. heavily. That's why he had to do the movie in a truck, because if he had to like, chase her on foot, he would just he'd have a heart attack on set. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah, that's true. Shit. Uh, so the, the other thing, it's like, now take this with a grain of salt, everybody, because I know you're waiting on bated breath for the dramatic reboot of Fresh Prince of Bel Air. But uh, there was a a fan trailer that was put out uh, not too long ago. I don't know when it was. Maybe it was several a long years, time ago. I think, at this point. And I know we covered it on the show back when really? it was just me and Peter. Oh, okay, that's why. So this it was, was the first time ever seeing this. It's that old. It's at least. Okay. First half of 2017 old. <laughs> wow, really? Okay. Yeah. Shit, okay. So, ha happened a long time ago, but Will Smith was just like, hey man, I like this. And uh, I guess he's going to try to get it produced with the uh, with the writer, with the, uh, with the original maker of that. So, more information whenever? I don't know. I just hope this dies in production, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's yeah. really enough there. I think it was a cool trailer. Peter yeah. and I watched it. We're like, that was cool. And then we moved on with our lives. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I guess the only other cool thing in, in movie news, Legend of Korra is out. So go watch that if you're an Avatar Last Airbender fan. Continue that story that you just binge watch on Netflix. Uh, it's with a binge Korra. watch. Binge watch. Um, yeah, so we'll follow up now on some of the movies that we've previously discussed on Trey Watch in our segment called The Follow-Up. And uh, right off the bat here, uh, big, big explosion of films in the box office. We have 20, 20 films out. Um, wow. And most of them are newer. Uh, 
but the number one movie in America this week is one we talked about on Trey Watch. It is The Tax Collector, the uh, Barrio crime drama starring Shia LaBeouf. And there is a bit of controversy about that. <laughs> the director's been accused of putting Shia LaBeouf in something called Brownface. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, you know because what? Okay, that... a man just can't be tan. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. No, it's not certainly like I looked like a different ethnicity on my fucking uh, student ID because I was out in the summer sun for the year before I started college. Peter looked fucking Sicilian on his student ID. It was incredible. Jake, have you ever seen my old student I ID? Think, I, maybe maybe you showed me like back when we were like together, but... All right, you know in the beginning of a, like a scary video yeah. game where they make you turn the, the brightness setting until you can't see the one image, but you can see the, yeah, the other yeah. one? I was the I was the dark image where you turn down the contrast <laughs> until you can't see it anymore. That's pretty good. And uh, we can't take up an opportunity to closely examine what we thought was going to be a terrible movie <laughs> that is mired in controversy. Uh, so this will be our spotlight film for this week. Uh, this the number one movie in America, which took in uh, three hundred nine thousand dollars in one hundred twenty nine theaters. Uh, currently, is sitting at a pretty dismal four point seven out of ten on IMDb. So about what we <laughs> expected. It also has a uh, a rough looking twenty twenty two on Metacritic. Ooh. Yikes. And Shia uh, LaBeouf IG got tattoos for this movie, too. He tattooed his entire chest for this movie. He went full method for some reason. Um, <laughs> IGN gave it a 60. The Hollywood Reporter gave it a 40. Movie Nation, 38. IndieWire, 33. AV Club, 33. Screen Rant, 30. The Rap, 30. New York Times, 30. <laughs> the Playlist, 16. And Variety, 10. <clears throat> Um, but fuck those critics because they don't know what they're talking about. We gotta go out to streets because this is a street movie. We gotta we gotta get the buzz on the streets. So we're gonna take a look at some IMDb user reviews because that's where you find the truth, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. That's where the truth is found. And I gotta tell you, Bank Sadie has got the truth. Ten out of ten. If you don't like it, you don't get it. This movie is by far one of the best I've seen recently. It's not the same old B asterisk 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 S asterisk 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 storyline with a happy ending. It's not always easy to watch, but for those in the know, ellipses, this movie hits home. I have to believe that people giving this a low rating watch is solely because of Shia LaBeouf. They watched it thinking it would be like one of his other projects. While I approached this film knowing next to nothing about it and was pleasantly surprised to see Shia in it, this movie isn't about him or his character. It's about something so much deeper. And if you don't get it, you won't like it. It's that simple. Three out of five found that helpful. Man, there's there's a lot of one-star reviews to pick from. I know. You're spoiled for choice, uh, so Jake. Even I'm, me in the I'm middle. I'm swimming. I'm trying to pick out the best ones. Your um, cup runneth over. So uh, this one is the the most people found this helpful. Um, and a lot of people 
actually voted on it. So, uh, better avoid watching from Horst69. Nice. One out of ten. It's a bit like a film student and a few extras had an afternoon off and played with a camera. The story couldn't be more basic. Acting and dialogues are cringeworthy. Never credible. Just amateurish. And uh, uh, a lot of these reviews are really short. Yeah. But there's a lot of like. They all have like around the same message of like, Shia good, others bad. Movie bad. Very amateur. Like this one. Um, So I picked this one out because there's not a lot of like really funny ones, but this one I could tell was obviously dictated onto a phone (laughs) from someone in a car. Because uh, it just, it just random that swearing vibe. in the middle of it. Sadly, I'm no. I'm turning but, um, here. <laughs> uh, tax collector, six out of ten. Uh, from Built Ride One. Uh, no reason for such a low score as he gives it a six. Uh, um, Charla Buff does outshine the whole cast, but on the other hand, it's a solid movie by. <laughs> It took me a second. Charlie Buff. Charlie Buff. It's a solid movie by hands down the best underground style director of our generation. No one could shoot L.A. like this man. I wish the movie was about a half hour longer and went more in depth on Shear's character because he was just so good. But with the Lamb movies that have been coming out over the past five years, I would take this over most of them any day. No period. Three out of five found that helpful. Thanks, Charla Buff. Thanks, Charla Buff. You did a great job. Um, <clears throat> Beasting has another 10 out of 10 review of the tax collector submitted August 9th. People crazy saying this film was bad. It was awesome. I really don't know what the four period ellipses people are complaining that this film wasn't good because the film I watched titled The Tax Collector 2020 <laughs> it was actually just called The Tax Collector Fund, was freaking great <laughs> I forgot these people preferred to watch the boring drama that puts you to sleep garbage constantly being released this film was excellent and if anyone disagrees I really don't care nice film Shia Four out of nine found that helpful. <laughs> really excited guy there. <laughs> Lots of exclamation points. At least six in the uh, the body of the text there, including a double to close it off. So, man was motivated. Yeah. Uh, oh, on my last review, fifty out of seventy-five found that helpful. I don't Ooh. know if it was just because it was the the first one in the list. Probably. People were just like voting. That's probably what it was, but. I, I just found that to be because it wasn't a particularly good review. It was just a, a lot of people found helpful. Anyways, uh, Lol Adele Marco said one out of ten. So bad! Exclamation mark! Exclamation mark! Exclamation mark! I, I didn't want to like crush everybody's ears because that deserves like a shout. Uh, Wow is spelled W A O, so take that with what you. Wow. Uh, wow. Owen Wilson wow. wrote this review. <laughs> wow. Wow. Horrible. Ellipses. Horrible. Like four exclamations. God damn it. I hate this. Guys, if like, if you're trying to make a point, 
you don't need like multiple punctuations like seven question marks when you're really confused about something one is one is fine okay it's, it's clarification Jesus. horrible the worst tax collector in gang history as he like has a noted list of tax collectors in gang history horrible script directing the acting was so bad my gosh shy's character was the only thing you wanted to see and well if you see the movie you will understand the freaking cgi for the action you could see it that it was computer generated I mean, come on, not recommended at all. The funny thing is, Shy got a real freaking tattoo for this trash of a movie. 16 hold, out of 30 found this up. Hold the phone, Jake. Are you telling me that the computer-generated images were computer-generated? I, I was, I, you know, this guy really opened my eyes to something, and I, I'm looking back at all the CGI we've ever looked at, and I'm like, come to think of it, that yeah. was computer generated. Therefore, I think, it's I think trash. Maybe I think just maybe that scene in Dora where they're animated wasn't shot on film. <laughs> what? You mean that animated effect was somebody scribbling on an iPad or whatever? You know, you know how hard it cloud? is to get a computer to pick up a pencil. Very hard. <laughs> they don't have any arms. <laughs> Yeah, how is a computer going to generate this? There's nobody behind... Uh, you have to have somebody typing behind it. They can't, you know, make a drawing. So, I mean, there are some who've, who've dipped it in paint and used, that, used it to generate the images that way. <laughs> but then you can't get anything smaller than the resolution of, you know, the size of your, your case. I, you, have, you make very big pictures <laughs> with that. I'm just, I'm just baffled that a, a movie made in 2020 has has images generated with a computer like yeah that that just graphics. doesn't seem right like where where did hollywood go why aren't we shooting out in actual scenes in the amazon and mexico or whatever i, I don't fucking know I, what, what is computer generated in this movie a rat yeah <laughs> muzzle flares maybe i don't know all right, take us on, Peter. Bullets? Kevin Hart a supporting actor. <laughs> yeah, Kevin. Are there cartoon bullets that are shooting out of the, the bullet bills from Beep. Nintendo? Going <laughs> pow. Um, so this one, it just, it just, it really hits home on the on the social impact of the tax collector. Here we go. Uh, from Pegadota Cruise. Uh, six out of ten. The critics are burying Ayer's career. Clearly. Go look. As soon as he started incorporating minorities playing lead roles, his rating started scrambling. Just check. Now to the movie. It is okay. I think there's a good buildup to an outcome mostly predictable, yes. And while he tries not to make it so predictable, it ends up like that. I think the first two acts of the movie are actually being were actually being well constructed. But then the last act seems rushed. It could be that there was not enough script development to fill in or studio pressure to cut the movie runtime, and the ending is overly simple. But one can still enjoy the effort, the diversity in the movie, and the possibility of understanding the world he tried to portray. I liked Bobby Soto as lead. 
he pushed himself hard to bring depth to the role, the role and for the most part feels credible. And Shia LaBeouf, he is good too. Finally has the kid feel stripped off of him and it feels great. Seven out of nine. Found that helpful. Cut the movie runtime. The movie's 95 minutes. <laughs> that is just barely feature length. Now, let's let's see here. Let's see what he says. Let's, what is he actually saying about this? It's okay. The outcome's mostly predictable. Well-constructed. But then the last act seems rushed. Not enough script development. The ending is overly simple. We can enjoy the effort. I liked Bobby Soto. Shia LaBeouf is good, too. Who knows what he thinks? I mean. <laughs> I guess that's why he gave it a 6 out of 10. Yeah, he's not even sure. It doesn't even know. Uh, so that's the tax collector. Uh, coming in just behind that is Star Wars Episode Five: The Empire Strikes Back. Uh, then falling from first last week to third this week is The Rental. $140,000. Jurassic Park up 17.9%. 138000 Good enough for fourth. Inside Out. 120000 Holding down fifth place. Peninsula, which opened this week. Hell in yeah. six, uh, is the sequel to Train to Passan, and that brought in a respectable $118,000 in 48 theaters, so that actually had a nice. bigger per theater take than The Tax Collector. Uh, the Big Ugly, uh, Vinnie Jones and company, uh, lost 27.8%, down to 71000 and dropping to 7th. Becky still in theaters ten weeks up ninety five point six percent. So it brought in twenty six twenty six hundred dollars per theater. Good uh, you, Becky. In eighth place. Becky has made a million dollars domestic and only seventeen thousand dollars international. <laughs> in a time where most fucking domestic theaters have been closed. <laughs> Respectful. Uh, made in Italy, uh, the Liam Neeson and his son uh, sell their house in Tuscany movie opened in thirty third or opened in ninth with thirty three thousand dollars in one hundred eleven theaters. So a per theater average of three hundred six dollars. Not exactly what you want to see. And rounding out the top 10, the Burnt Orange Heresy, bringing in $26,000 in 110 theaters. And that brings its domestic total to 80 grand. Uh, it did bring in $283,000 internationally. Um, I know. We usually stop at the top ten, but I know you're all very curious to know how Killer Raccoons 2, Dark Christmas in the Dark, did in its second week. <laughs> and I'm here to tell you that it lost 64.4% of its gross. Oh, no. Uh, oh, no. Falling down to 17th, bringing in only $1,200, uh, pushing its domestic total to $5,712. Yeah. <laughs> So Damn. slightly more than I make in a month. 
goody. So sad. Uh, there's your Walter there's the phone. We'll have to try to buy it just to help it out, just to give it a little yeah. push forward. I mean, we could fucking buy the entire uh, fucking film apparently because of how little it's made. Yeah, right. The rights of that can't be too expensive. <laughs> um, while we're talking about like movies and movie theaters, uh, have you kept up with like what their what AMC's plan to like reopen movie theaters are have been? Uh, no, because New Jersey um, is not. Well, I, in the I'm reading this thread. Anything right? Um, from this this tweet from WBRZ News. AMC theaters set to reopen August 20 with 15 cent movie tickets. So they're reducing their theater size by like 30, like down to 30% capacity. And then they're also selling tickets for about 15 cents a pop. So you can buy the entire theater for like just yourself under a normal ticket price. I think that's maybe what they're going for. Yeah. Sell it for you and a couple of your buddies because you're the only ones who are going to be going to the theater. And then you just pick um, out on popcorn. Please, someone get put some money on our books so that we can show that we're not, we just didn't make zero yeah. for the month. And uh, maybe we can pitch the idea of movie theaters to enough people for a long enough time where we won't have to demolish the theater and, by January. Yeah, and who knows? Maybe they start laundering like drug money. <laughs> And start inflating their books like a shit ton. It's like we're open. We made a twenty million dollars last week. So, because that seems like an uh, an appropriate and sustainable <laughs> business model. <laughs> like I just want to see them survive, and they have to mo- la- mo- uh, launder money, launder drug money from the cartels. Then so be it. Watch Ozark. They can do it. <laughs> <laughs> just watch Ozark. All right. Uh, on to some gaming news. The big story this week is Epic Games is suing Apple oh, over their yeah. monopolistic practices after what? Fortnite got booted off the Apple uh, App Store. And Google Play. True, but in oh, Google Play, you can up, actually... <laughs> on Android, you can actually <laughs> use different marketplaces and uh, sideload apps easily. None of those things can be done mm-hmm. on iOS, which is the crux of Epic's complaint in the lawsuit. Um, it doesn't, it's not seeking any punitive damages. It is, well, I mean, not any monetary punitive damages, but it is seeking. Um, <laughs> it started playing shut the fuck up when I said shut the fuck up, Google. Um, but it is seeking to break. Apple's monopoly on iOS apps in payment. So yeah. uh, we'll see how this goes. I don't. I really can't predict how this case is going to go. Um, I don't think that Epic has the money to drag this out in court as long as Apple the can. I think Epic will get some lovely uh, support from governments. I will not name. But that we understand is is a thing. Uh, you 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 know I have I have a history of having disdain for Epic. I'm not I'm not super. This isn't. I don't want Epic to win this. Just because it's Epic. If it was another store that was trying to do it, sure. All right. Well, but, Epic um, is a developer. 
uh, Epic yeah, has well, brought us Epic is American. many classic games. Uh, like which? Unreal. Unreal Two, Unreal Tournament. Um, That's like uh, they developed the Unreal Modern Engine, which has built like tons of games on it. Just because they make a lot of money off of Fortnite and open a competitor to Steam, uh, everyone hates them apparently. But they have a long history of not being a shitty company. <laughs> the th All right, I actually didn't realize that Epic did anything before. Like I thought, I I think I also confused them with Riot because I feel like Epic and Riot are just like uh, yeah, well, Riot's yeah, so League Riot, of Legends, right? Riot is League of Legends. Yeah. Um, but Epic does have or Tencent, which is the big. Chinese company that uh, like owns a lot of game developers. Uh, they own stock in, in Epic. They own a, a large portion of Epic. So mm -hmm. I think they will try to get like help from China if they if they need more money, uh, financial backing for this. But uh, this was all planned out. So which is which is yes. very interesting. I think that's the that most interesting saying. part of it is that they knew mm -hmm. this was going to happen. They because they the same day they served a fifty page legal document yes. with all the specifics. Yeah, they had it. And, they had and an way, ad, though. and an ad that said we're taking down Apple. We're trying to take on Apple, which was a parody of their of Apple's nineteen eighty four Macintosh. It was titled nineteen eighty four. I don't know if it came out. It wasn't nineteen eighty four, right? Well, yeah, it like, they. Yeah, it, the commercial aired during the 1984 Super Bowl, if I remember correctly, and it was a parody of oh, a scene in the movie that. 1984 based on George Orwell's yeah. 1930s novel 1984. Yeah, yeah. So that's when they, they aired that famous commercial of, of throwing the sledgehammer at the screen and, and kind of trying to break those societal norms of, of what... You know, of buying are, IBM and, PCs. Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. it was a different time back then. Uh, but they were like, "Yeah, we're we're starting up," and uh, and I guess that's the message that Epic was trying to relay. But they had this whole commercial like planned out for it, which was awesome. Uh, and and the lawsuit dropped that day as well. So it's like that's no. That's I mean, not they were you can throw together they were prepared for this quite obviously. Yeah. Um They expected to have it removed, and they were ready for to take legal action uh just to follow up on my epic has done a lot of stuff other than fortnite point uh they developed the classic ms dos platformer jazz jackrabbit and its sequel and of course the unreal series uh age of wonders gears of war series is developed by epic games as well uh oh that's not a plus for me the infinity blade series <laughs> oh, jazz um, jackrabbit yeah, and then most recently they've done Fortnite, which is by far now their most profitable enterprise. But uh, when you count the games they've developed and all the games developed on the Unreal Engine, they have contributed much more to the gaming world than just Fortnite. Yeah. I mean, yes. yeah that, Fortnite's made them all in company, money. But I don't know. This is this is kind of weird because like. I don't know, you're using their storefront as a way to, like, download apps onto their phones. It's like, if you're using their system, then you should be giving a certain cut, unless they're arguing that it's just too much of a cut. Well, I think uh, they're I'd... arguing is that there's no way on iOS to get apps other than through Apple's App Store. Like, on Android, there are many different app stores. You can go on... Mm. Amazon has an app store. Samsung has an app store. 
and you can get Fortnite on those things, even if they're not on Google Play. Mm. And there's a freedom to negotiate a different percentage cut of in-app transactions with these different storefronts on Android. And also on Android, you can sideload apps from uh, just the APK file onto the phone. You can't do that on Apple unless you jailbreak your phone, uh, which obviously voids warranty and all that stuff. So what they're arguing here is not that ooh, Apple's asking for a cut of money and we don't want to give them money. They're arguing is that Apple is artificially controlling their uh, uh, marketplace, the app marketplace, and holding down any possible competition, which has a valid claim. I don't know if it's good enough for them to win the lawsuit, but it's, it's certainly, there's legitimacy to what they're arguing. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's a it's a weirdly divisive topic because all the the thing is, like though you said Epic has done a lot other than Fortnite, there are a lot of kids, there are a lot of people, I shouldn't say just kids, um, who are going to be backing Epic just because of Fortnite. And that just doesn't sit right with me. A lot of this is feels because I really don't give a fuck until five years down the line when whatever comes out of this, we see and. You know, it's not a you can't directly draw that line back to it. But like, you know how how there's we're getting annoyed by all the streaming services that are out there today. And I'm sure there was some big decision back back a few years ago where people decided that a lot of a lot of companies decided, oh, we're going to start our own streaming service. And you can't it's sort of just uh, trickle down into what it is today in a similar way. I feel like um if we look at the state of digital stores in in 2025 or 2024, even sooner, I'm sure, um, what we see will probably be a result of this. I am. I don't know where I was going with this. Yeah, I am generally you can figure out at home. I wouldn't say that I'm on Epic's side, and that I really care about them winning this lawsuit deeply. But I'm on the side that I think it's wrong that Apple uh, is using anti-competition and anti-consumer practices on their platform. That'd be like if Windows said you can only buy video game. Microsoft said you can only buy video games through the Windows Store. Can't use Steam, can't use Origin, can't use Epic, can't use good old games, can't use Uplay. Which they would... Currently, that's what Apple's doing, and... uh with this being unchallenged, that would be legal for them to do. But I'm sure most people wouldn't really like that too much. So I'm kind of hoping that Epic wins this to set that precedent that that can't be done. Okay. I I will throw out a counter-argument here just for those those at home to chew on. Um, if you want to look at this from, the, from an opposite side, if you were somehow in favor of this... Um, my example to use would be the Nintendo Switch or a any other console where the so- the hardware is owned by a company and they get to determine what software uh, you can purchase for it, right? You can't download the Epic Game Store onto your Switch. You can't don- download Steam onto your Switch. You have to buy from the Nintendo eShop. And that's not a... As far as I know, that's not a controversial take. There's no one, like, clamoring to get fucking Uplay 
on their on their joy cons and so it's it's how how do you want to view the iphone how do you want to view the iphone store what kind of context do you want to put it in and that's going to be another important part of this I am so generally we'll pro I'm competition sure. and anti-monopoly. That's my general stance. So, uh, I guess that puts me on Epic's mm-hmm. side on this. So maybe, so with the connection to Nintendo, because I know part of the the controversy as well was, um, like Apple was taking a cut of the, uh, like the the V bucks, the in-game purchases that you would buy. So you'd, you'd buy. Whatever, how many V bucks for ten bucks? But like a portion of that goes to uh, Apple. Now with uh, Nintendo, since maybe their the accounts are linked and it's not a mobile version of Fortnite, it's a console version of Fortnite. So the Fortnite you play on your Switch could be the same Fortnite you play on your computer. And maybe uh, because of that, Nintendo doesn't take a cut of like the in-app. Or in-game purchases. I think it's a licensing fee to uh, port the game to the Switch. And then from that, I I mean, I don't know. I'm sure there's a negotiation to how in-game currency purchases are made on those platforms. But I assume it's not a 30% cut, which is what Apple's taking. That's fairly significant. Yeah, that was the whole big thing. That was the whole problem that people had with it. That was that was the direct thing that they they violated to get them booted off. And apparently Google, they must have done the same with Google because Google uh, punted them them off the Google Play Store. Yeah, I think with Google it was a little. They had a problem with how much Google was taking, but at least on Android they could like say, "Screw you." I think they took their themselves off the Google Play Store first, and then they came back on, and then Google booted them off. That's a it's a whole nother ball of wax okay. that I'm not. Yeah, I just super saw that they weren't up to date on, on. Yeah, yeah, I just saw that they weren't on it anymore. Um, and I guess they are also but, suing but, Google, but I don't know okay. the details of that lawsuit. Because uh, hmm. that well. that'd be weird to sue them because it, you know there are. I just looked on Samsung. You can download it off Samsung. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Samsung store for it. It's like. Uh, Okay, nice. Yeah, so I'm not exactly sure what the terms of... I'm sure it's similar to what that is, but I don't think that has as much ground. Um, yeah. Uh, new Metroid Prime 4 update isn't the news that Nintendo Switch fans wanted to hear. Uh, it's not an update to Switch. Switch Lite fans are hoping for. There's no new trailer any information when the game is releasing or even how development is going along, but rather the studio is looking for a lead producer. So uh, that's probably not a good sign that Metroid Prime 4 is very far along in its development if they're still looking for a lead producer. Yikes. Um, So, yeah, I wouldn't... uh, Retro Studios tweeted out, We are looking for a lead producer. Join us on our journey to develop... Metroid Prime 4, hashtag game jobs, hashtag game dev, hashtag game dev jobs. And then it links to <laughs> careers.nintendo.com, backslash retro hyphen studios, and the rest of the link. So, yeah, that's probably not exactly what you wanted to hear if you're eagerly awaiting Metroid Prime 4. 
but mm-hmm. uh, at least that's being worked on. <laughs> They're hiring for it, so uh, you can take some optimism out of it, I suppose. Um, in other upcoming game news, Titanfall 3 has been teased by EA during a recent earnings call. They subtly teased Titanfall 3, essentially confirming confirming the series will live on on the PS5 Xbox Series X. Uh, Titanfall 2 uh, was one of the best shooters of this current generation. It really scratched me right in that mech assault itch. And uh, the uh, standard gunplay was really good. Respawn Entertainment, the original Infinity Ward, who develops uh, OG Call of Duty and through Call of Duty, uh, well, they developed the original Modern Warfare and then Modern Warfare 2, and then they had a dispute with Activision, and most of the people at Infinity Ward left and formed Respawn, which developed Titanfall. Uh, I love me some Titanfall 2. I am excited to hear that there will be a Titanfall 3, and uh, can't wait to play that. And lastly, for news, NVIDIA data center sales are expected to surpass their gaming sales for the first time ever this quarter, which uh, is kind of interesting, given the uh, current state of the world. Actually, it kind of makes sense, right? If you need all these uh, supercomputers and data sets to crunch uh, numbers for, like, uh, potential... Uh, development on coronavirus sort of treatments and stuff. I could imagine that NVIDIA's data data center. Uh, my accent came out there. Data center <laughs> sphere would be humming along nice. But and the fact, but you know, everyone's buying uh, GPUs too now because everyone's working from home and like, well, if I'm going to work from home, might as well enjoy myself and stick yeah. a GPU in there. Uh, RTX voice is another reason why that's a thing. Uh, That's uh, NVIDIA's technology that was released uh, a while ago. It's still, I think, in beta, not as early a beta now. But what RTX voice essentially does, I don't think we covered it on the show, is it uses machine learning and AI uh, voice sampling to filter out background noise uh, from your microphone, and there's a very impressive video up on Barnacle's Nerdgasms channel of him demoing the RTX voice, and he's like got a fan blowing near his microphone, and he's banging on like a a plastic bin with a hammer, and he's like, "Okay, you're all hearing this." He turns on RTX voice, and then you can't hear those noises anymore, wow. and his voice doesn't sound terribly modulated like it would with a more traditional noise reduction filter. Mm. Uh, So it is a very impressive technology, and you can hack it to work on GeForce cards, but uh, long-term support for that is not guaranteed at all. Um, But that's that's, uh, another reason why GPU sales are up in the video conferencing world. It's not simply just people wanting to play video games while they're supposed to be working from home. (laughs) Although that is part of it. (laughs) I'm kidding. That's Um, totally part of it. (laughs) (coughs) Some of the positives of coronavirus. Uh, One of the the things I just saw here was um, uh, one of the games I'm excited for is Horizon Zero Dawn. 
uh, was just released. Oh, I that's think, right. Like, that last... came out on the PC last week. That that came out, I think, last week on the PC, and I was really excited for it. But I heard some early uh, early things that the port it had is a not lot good. Of bugs. <laughs> yeah, it had a lot of issues with the with the port. It looks phenomenal. Like, let me let me get this straight. Like the the some cutscenes and some of the gameplay looks. You amazing. can see stunning images in 30 frames per second. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> it does but, not run well at all. Yeah. Uh, so uh, apparently they just came out with a patch recently. This is the first of probably what will be many patches. Several patches, uh, I would imagine, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of patches to get this game working. Because, like, I- I'm excited for it. I-, I want this game. But if it's going to run like dog shit... I'm not going to want this game, <laughs> but I want this game. <laughs> Maybe I'll wait for a couple more patches for it to come out uh, to actually make the... I'll wait for the price to come down. Uh, yeah. By then, they'll probably have sorted out most of the performance issues. Yeah. Although, I honestly, like it looks really good, but like the core gameplay loop, I don't think it's really something that interests me too terribly. But it is neat that a PS4 exclusive has bridged over the PC... Uh, however late it gives you know some slight optimism that that could be uh something that happens more in the really future waiting on god of war even though technically i could play god of war on the ps3 downstairs but yeah it's, a lot of people seem my... to forget that that there's a whole that's the fourth installment the god of war series. oh actually it's like mm-hmm. the the eighth if you count the psp games but like the third main mm-hmm. console or fourth main console installment in a series that is also really good elsewhere um and i've reviewed god of war 3 on the show as i am now about to review half-life on the show i played half-life a couple weeks ago i was going to review it on last week's show but we ran kind of long and also i forgot so (laughs) here's my review of half-life half-life is many things it's revolutionary never before had a first-person shooter taken such an atmospheric approach to storytelling. It's iconic, launching the newcomer Valve games to the forefront of the PC gaming world and paving the way for Steam and shaping the future of games with its mods that gave birth to several other titles such as Counter-Strike, Cry of Fear, and The Waste, among several others. But it also shown its age and perhaps is remembered a bit more fondly than is really justified. Uh, I had never played Half-Life prior to completing it over the course of about six hours of my weekend a couple weeks ago. Uh, So I did not look upon the game with the same beer goggle effect of nostalgia that someone who played the game back when it released in 1998 might have. Uh, And I feel that this objectivity let me see the game for what it is, uh, while also acknowledging its historical significance, which is irrefutable. Uh, Released in 1998 by Valve Software, Half-Life is a first-person shooter with some survival horror elements and a story told almost entirely through scripted sequences in the game. There is one in-engine cutscene in the entire game, uh, but there is nothing pre-rendered or anything uh, to that effect to tell the story. And the story is my biggest complaint with the game. It's fine. It's pretty generic. It's unoffensive. Uh, it's an ex- it's a story of an experiment gone wrong leading to an alien invasion, which isn't exactly new. <laughs> Doom. <laughs> ah. Excuse me. Had a frog in my throat. 
my main <laughs> issue is that I felt like I was sold a false bill of goods by Half-Life because every Half-Life fan lauds the story as something that, quite frankly, isn't compelling and new. Uh, System Shock back in 1994 had a far more immersive and interesting half, uh, science fiction storyline than Half-Life did. I will concede the point that the what I refer to as proto-Bethesda style of storytelling uh, with like no pre-rendered cutscenes and everything happening from the perspective of your silent protagonists uh, in the game world was something fairly unique at the time. And there are genuine moments of brilliance with how some of the set pieces play out. Uh, but the story almost the storytelling almost consists exclusively consists of stumbling across NPCs or radios that provide minor exposition dumps along the way that do little beyond providing basic context for where you're going next and why things are happening. The frequent appearances of the mysterious G-Man hint at something greater, but just like J.J. Abrams, Valve never has plans to pay off any of the mysteries they introduce because, you know, paying off the things you set up is the hard part of storytelling. And who needs that, am I right? <laughs> uh, graphically, half... Half-Life is leaps and bounds better than even the most impressive console games of its era, and even some of its PC contemporaries like Quake 2. But it also looks like crap when compared to Unreal, which released the same year, and even ragged behind the other 1998 first-person release of Thief the Dark Project. Stripping away the story, you have an FPS with honestly quite satisfying gunplay that suffers from a case of mistaking identity, believing that it's a platformer for far too large a percentage of its length. Call me old-fashioned, but I believe that the words platformer and first-person shooter should never be used in the same sentence. But evidently, Valve disagrees and does so vehemently. Compounding this issue is the fact that Gordon Freeman handles about as well as a sailor three hours into shore leave, and the fall damage and that fall damage not only exists, but is crippling. <laughs> Additionally, Ooh. Fall damage just doesn't refer to the damage that Gordon takes from falling, but the damage from shit falling on you, which happens a lot and is almost always lethal. What better way to keep people wanting to play your game than to punish them harshly for advancing through it at the wrong pace? Most of the levels oh. honestly suck, with too large a portion of the game taking place in air ducts where head crabs attempt to scare you, but just make you take unavoidable damage and in sewers. Sections of the game that are interesting, such as the sequence where you kill a giant tentacle monster by turning on a test rocket engine after sneaking around it because it can only detect you by sound, and the rail car section, which is a separate section of the game, overstay their welcome and tarnish the intrigue of the premise by bogging you down with the tedium of completing your objectives, be it clearing an obstacle or restoring the power and fuel to the rocket engine. Uh, the military shows up halfway to clean up the mess and leave no witnesses, and at this point, the game most closely resembles a first-person shooter and is much better off for it. Uh, sometime later, alien soldiers show up and increase the enemy variety a little bit before you take a trip to the Aryan homeworld of Zen, where you must rely on the terrible long jump mechanic, which, for some reason, requires you to press crouch and jump <laughs> at the same time I've, while moving I've forward. I've seen that in some other games. Yeah. <laughs> inexplicably and within an input window that is more mysterious than the g-man himself <laughs> traverse the land killing the mother of all head crabs and the final boss which is basically just the child of alara along the way 
the endings consist of you either accepting the demon's offer of employment and heading into stasis or refusing and being left to die in a room full of air and grunts, bringing zero closure to any of the events of the story. Uh, but somehow, despite every negative thing I've said about it, uh, Half-Life, when I look back on my playthrough of it, it's with a certain warmth. Uh, it has a certain familiarity to it because I feel most people have played Half-Life. It was just called it something else because it's such a foundational piece of gaming. It's kind of like the whole Shakespeare's cliched sort of thing. Um, and it does truly feel like you're playing a piece of gaming history while you're playing through it, even though some of its predecessors and contemporaries told better stories or had more engaging gameplay and level design. Few had larger scope, had a larger scope than Half-Life or flowed as seamlessly as it did. And very few combined all those other elements into a single package the way Half-Life did. I think it's worth playing, but perhaps the Black Mesa mod, which modernizes the controls and the visuals and some of the level design, is the best way to play it. I will give it a tentative thumbs up. Uh... But I don't think if if you're one of those people who are like Half-Life is the greatest game of all time, I would ask that you play some more video games. Fair enough. Very cool. I've never played Classic Half-Life. Classic review. Maybe I'll check it out. I don't know. That's that is always one of the games that always comes up and it's like not better than Half-Life or you know or or when are they coming out with Half-Life 3? Because that's always been the meme that I... I feel like most of the people who liked Half-Life were actually thinking of Half-Life 2. Um, but I don't know. <laughs> well, I'm playing Half-Life 2 right now, and that review is ready. Uh, I have some very harsh criticisms of Half-Life 2. Uh, I feel like a lot of people just like fucking around in Source Engine. I mean, that's fun. But the game Half-Life 2, less so. Uh, but you will you'll have to stay tuned for my review of Half-Life 2, which uh, hopefully will be coming out there next week or the week after. Yeah. But let's talk Dora. Let's go on to another classic of the genre. Another foundational <laughs> Foundational piece work, of work in cinema. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> what the fuck was this movie? <laughs> I, the, this I... movie was one joke. This movie had one single joke. And that's if, well, okay, two. <laughs> One was, what if Dora were real? And two, what if, uh, the, isn't it funny how she's peppy, but she's also hardcore? Yeah. Yeah. I, I've. That's the movie. The, you don't have to. You don't have to go watch an hour and a half movie anymore. But All that's right. Basically, the movie. There you go. See you guys next week. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, you're right. Yeah. It, yeah. It did. I guess. I guess the jokes ran a little uh, dry after a while. It was like, okay, how many now, times are we gonna laugh at the same thing over? I over reached again? a but, point about yeah. an hour into the movie, where it was like, okay, can we wrap it up, please? Yeah, I, yeah. I sort of just broke. It just sort of washed over me in waves. Um, I will say. So I said at the beginning that this movie was perfectly pointed at its target audience. Because I, I thought about this for the movie. I'm like, who wants to see this movie? Why? Who are you shooting this towards? And it is definitely marketed towards kids who watch Dora, of course, 
right, but are grown up now and think that Dora is stupid and lame. Yeah. They're like, don't, I'm not, I'm not a fan of Dora anymore. It was a stupid show. They're like in middle school and like, uh, I, I think, think they gotta be in school, middle school by this point. Uh, targeted. Because high schoolers, they talk about high school like it's some magical fucking jungle. No, no joke intent. Like it's some like, like Thunderdome arena. So maybe early high school. Yeah, I would think. But like, I think yeah, it's it's targeting people who were kids when Dora was around, or maybe in high school now, and uh, you know, it it lives off the premise of wouldn't it be weird if something like Dora existed in real life, and then constructs, excuse me, the thinnest of plots around that. Mm-hmm. Um, and and takes inspiration a from fi- Tomb Raider, a very stock just well not just Tomb Raider I think a very stock uh, archaeological adventure movie because I it's I've seen this sort of plot not just here but in Indiana Jones in Uncharted in I mean those are the only archaeological adventure movies that we really should see. Oh, well, right it's now. not an Uncharted um, movie yet, uh, but this yeah, what this looks like a template for that. Um, <laughs> Yeah, up to and including weirdly interjected supernatural elements. Yes, that there's it. I don't know why that is. I just want there to be. I want there to be an AA movie. I'll shorten it, where it the treasure is just a treasure, and like it holds cultural significance to the people, and just there yeah i wanted that out of uncharted too but then they give me zombies in the first game and fucking the tree of life in the second game (laughs) i i wouldn't put assassin's creed in this but it just sort of it has that same at least the aesthetic of magical ancient artifact that shaped ancient culture uh yeah that one element is another like commonality but yeah i um yeah, this movie, oh boy, CGI chimp. There's a lot of incongruous elements because in the beginning they set up a, this isn't even a spoiler, it, they do the framing device where she's just doing her Dora the Explorer adventure and it's just like the show and there's all fun characters but then it's revealed it's all in her imagination. She's just driving a cardboard truck. Um, forget that the green screen's awful for just a second. We'll return to it. It's like a boomerang. It, it'll come back to us. <laughs> Um, but so she, she goes back into the real world, but then the fucking purple CGI monkey is still there. Boots is still like boots. Yeah. Yeah. And they don't address it. Well, I, I mean, should they? I don't know, but it, it should have at least been like, they couldn't have get like a photo, re- like an actual chimp. Like they couldn't go to a chimp handler and be like. Hey, you guys, you have any, like, small, like, a, you got, like, a macaque? That was probably more expensive. I don't care if it fits into here. To hire the professional animal handler and pay for the insurance for having a live animal like a chimp on set. I, I think I have a theory. If uh, fucking Johnny Carson this. can do it in the 60s, do it today. I think, I think I have a theory about this. I think a large portion of the funding of this was, like, from a... Um, like an animal animal rights and animal protection aspect of it where where they they didn't want to use any sort of real animals in any way shape or form because the perception of animals in movies is that they're always mistreated or, or whatnot 
um, and they didn't want to abuse or take advantage of animals, maybe. So that maybe. was why they used so much CGI. Like Might just be a Nick thing. Um, as be. we know, these kind of movies are always just an icky cookie affair where everyone uh, dumps their load right onto the IP. Um, I think this was also... Now, you'll remember what scene I'm thinking of as soon as I say this, but I th- at least part of this movie was also an ad like a a testing bed for the Nick uh, amusement park water ride for it for a water slide. <laughs> oh yeah, I've, yeah. You remember that. that scene? Yeah, I'm thinking maybe that was like as soon as I saw that I was like, oh, okay, they're you know the door of the explorer jungle adventure water ride coming to uh, the Nick the Nick amusement park soon. Is there actually a Nickelodeon amusement park or something? There they is. had a section at Nick Universal Hotel. Studios. I don't know if they still do. But at one point they did. That. Yeah, they, they changed the... There was a bit of controversy, actually, because of uh, Universal's uh, partnership with Nickelodeon. They eventually changed the beloved Hanna-Barbera ride at Universal Studios Orlando to a Nickelodeon-themed ride starring Jimmy Neutron. And it was uh, not well received <laughs> at the Best. time. Uh, but yeah, this movie, like, it it's it seems like it wants to go one direction with the you know running the joke where it's a Dora adventure, but like she's actually just mentally ill. But then <laughs> it it jumps the shark once by including a a subplot of mercenaries after the archaeological dig and then it jumps the shark several times after that it was a habitual shark jumper of a movie uh i was surprised sharks weren't actually in this yeah it was like a wave race 64 level where you just jump over a bunch of shark pits (laughs) (laughs) um and like there were moments that kind of made me chuckle and be like, oh, that's neat. Like the one where they get all fucking high and it's animated. I yes. thought that was nice. Do you want to just go? Do you just want to do spoilers? Yeah. Okay. So spoilers. Spoiler. So I wouldn't. Burr, burr, burr. I wouldn't recommend this movie. But like, this isn't the kind of movie where you need a recommendation to push you either way. Yeah. There's no one who is on the fence about watching the Dora the Explorer movie. That's true. If you somehow are, don't. All right, because you're already in a position where you don't know what your own tastes are. It, God damn it, I'm not going to steer you down this path. This is your go away sign. This is your warning. <laughs> because you obviously can't discern your own opinions on movies from a trailer. There you are. You sheep. You Philistine. You. <laughs> those are different words. Okay, let's, let's rank it in there. You're going to have to take 20% Whoa. off there. Um, I wouldn't go as far as to recommend this movie there are worse things you could dump your time into but there are also much better things if you are morbidly curious to see how the live action Dora the Explorer movie came out it's maybe worth a watch but it doesn't veer far enough off the rails frequently enough to chart into so bad it's good territory so I would yeah. be hesitant to recommend it on that front. 
Mm-hmm. I think this is a perfect movie to take, like, if you have um, some, like, eight-year-old, nine-year-old kids, and you want them to watch a, a funny movie with animals, and they're not going to be complicated, like, they're not, they're not going to look too deeply into it and be like, that was a, kind of a bad movie. Because <laughs> I don't know what a bad movie is. But kids. Um, any, any age group, probably 10 and under, uh, you can fucking shove some popcorn in their mouth and then sit down and you'd probably enjoy it too i mean i think there's enough adult humor uh to get you through an hour and a half of this movie so that's my recommendation now on Watch the other only hand if you have kids i would i would say the other hand um it's a, as a counter recommendation spy kids spy kids too spy kids three it did feel like a spy All kids movie with the bad CG. Spy Kids three. Oh, did yeah? Did you not see Spy Kids three? I uh, yeah, I've Have seen, seen Spy, Spy Kids Kid? three. I've seen Spy Kids three. Oh my god! How how amazing it is! That's certainly oh, Steve a word for it. Buscemi, Steve Buscemi. Although flies Spy in Kids. on a pig. Excuse well, yeah, your tongue. because he made chimeras in the second one. That was the whole plot. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No, I. I'll say if you want, I guess, I guess I would recommend this movie if you want Spy Kids without the weird undertone of like nightmare-inducing visuals. I got fucking freaked out watching the first one. Yeah, there was some know, the man. second one too with like the fucking Cronenberg uh, esque stitching together of animals was also a little odd. Yeah. Yeah. And then the third one was a little more generic in terms of like the visual design, but a lot crazier in terms of all the other stuff going on around it and terrible 3D back when it was the one red and the one blue lens, which didn't work. It just turned everything red and blue. Yeah. Just you know, you know, it's canon that uh, that Danny Trejo plays Machete, their uncle, is the same Machete from Machete. Yes. I have heard that. I saw that on, about uh, Danny Trejo. Trejo. Danny Trejo makes an appearance in this, and it is, in fact, only the second most surprising Danny Trejo appearance I've seen in the the past two weeks, as he appeared in the <laughs> Swedish Chef cook-off segment of the second episode of Muppets Now, <laughs> <laughs> making mole tacos. <laughs> Dude, what the fuck is that man? That sounds winning more. It sounds delightful. It was. It was a fun segment. <laughs> Where fucking Honestly, Hollywood Swedish chef Danny. like the joke is that he like actually can't cook and he's just throwing all the shit together and he he orders tacos from a takeout place and the guy delivers it. He's like, no tip, no tip, no tip. <laughs> Try to shoot him off. <laughs> Alright, I guess spoilers. Yeah. yeah. So we can talk about all the all the shit. I just I don't even want to go. Like the plot is so bare bones. Dora's in the jungle. Dora needs friends. Dora goes to school instead of waiting until she's in college, where people will be like, "Oh, it's a weird girl from the jungle." Whatever. Instead, they send her to L.A. in high school, where they're like, "Oh, it's a weird kid from the jungle. Let's mock her endlessly." Yeah. But she's got such thinking, a positive like, attitude that she doesn't let it affect her. No, she stares blankly at the fucking at you and just smiles. She's, hi, I'm Dora. And she's quirky and nobody told her to bring like books and pencils to school and said she brings 
quirky shit like flares and survival and sat stuff radio. and sat radio and uh, uh, five week uh, food supply ration. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it, it it's quirky stuff like that that like I think after a while after after that same joke was made like a couple of the times it's like all right after the second dozen times we we saw that sort of gag it, it wore thin a little bit i'd say it was it was one of those jokes that's like it was funny ish the first time and then the next couple times it lost it because i like i already heard it but then it happens again later on. And you're like, ah, okay, now it's funny again. I mean, it wasn't quite the Mike Myers theory of comedy where, you know, it's funny and then it's not funny and then it's hilarious again. Uh, they did not execute yeah. it to the same uh, precision as Austin Powers. But, uh, no. you know, there was some key moments. Also, the the twist with the uh, the guy showing up and then turning out to be a bad guy, like... I never mean, expected that. Wow! If he had, Never, not, like, if he wore that, a shirt that said meeting. "I'm a bad guy," maybe I, it would have been good because it would have been like, "Oh, are they trying to be ironic here?" Uh, but mm. no, there's just <laughs> that was ripped, just ripped right from uh, fucking uh, Indiana Jones Four. Oh yeah, that's another thing about. All right, so here's another thing about the archaeological adventure movie uh, trope genre subgenre. It's always weirdly involved with family. Like the treasure is always like there's also an element of family running through it. Because in Tomb Raider, her father was like hurt or whatever. And then in Uncharted, like he all he always like meets his family members and they go on like the adventures um, with like his brother, his wife or some no. shit. No. no. Um, and the first okay, one, it was... it was apparently someone he was descended from. He had a journal. Uh to find the treasure or or, uh, I think they were looking for El Dorado um and that one but like Uncharted 4 is about him and his wife right and he's like she's like don't treasure hunt anymore and he's like I haven't played Uncharted 4 but uh there's no family element in the second one and I don't think there's anyone in the third one either fair enough but then counter counter argument Indiana Jones and the and the trip with my grandfather, followed by Indiana Jones, and I don't know who my son is. It was his father, in the Last Crusade. What? John Connery was Indy's father in the Last Crusade, not his grandfather. Yeah. Oh, grandfather. Okay, he's my grandfather. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't know you were famous. <laughs> I've got a famous granddad. When's that fucking TLC show coming up? <laughs> a famous granddad, ninety day granddad, <laughs> picking granddad um, for ninety days. So it's just it's it's not necessarily a trope, but it comes up a lot, and I'm like, this is weirdly weirdly familiar. This is weirdly repetitive. Because anyway, yeah, I think it's because a lot of them are marketed towards families, so they feel like they have to have that element in there. Yeah, um, the family um, picture of Temple of Doom. <laughs> Take your kids oh, to see it. We... Now, I'm no Mike Staclasa, but I want to talk about Star Trek for a moment. Okay. Um, there was an Indiana Jones episode of fucking Next Generation where they have to go after the, the psychic resonator. And it's an old, it's an ancient Vulcan item that there that there's like a, a mysterious artifact hunt for. And that one's magical, too. 
That's also a weird magical artifact. Yeah. I, y'all remember that episode? Um, Not vividly, but I remember that it exists. Okay, it was a little statue that you could, like, kill anyone with, like, an impenetrable wave of, like, but the only reason it killed them was because um, it amplified their hateful emotions. So if you were just, like, cleared your mind, the wave passed right through you. And with Vulcans, you know, they used to be, like, hateful and fucking warlike. So it totally just wrecked their shit. But then they became, you know, they did their uh, colonar or whatever. They gave themselves a lobotomy. Cultural lobotomy. (laughs) Yeah. And they're all like, we're peaceful now and we're going to control our emotions so that this psychic resonator doesn't kill everyone on the planet. And then, hooray. So back to Dora. Was the episode. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but just I was just trying to say that it was uh, again weird magical artifact and archaeological adventure. Why every time? But yeah, they get. She's having trouble at school. There's there's the smart girl and then there's the dorky kid who looks right out of a Nick TV special like Drake and Josh style. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, so you know like he went that, to a professional is, acting school for if, entirety of his high if school. If the nerdy kid from Cobra Kai grew his hair out, you'd have this kid. Mm-hmm. In yeah, fact, yes. I can't prove that it's not the nerdy kid from Cobra Kai with his hair grown out. He reminded me of uh, Carl from Jimmy Neutron. Probably has, probably has no, like Carl, uh, several. Carl has such a unique design. Probably has be... like several uh, like health issues like asthma and maybe like eczema on his feet or something like that and like the chronic eczema or something like that or he needs a special mm-hmm. ointment i mean he doesn't seem He's, like he had any of those i think he would have needed his inhaler for uh, a lot of the things they did in the jungle mm-hmm. it just seemed like he had that kind of like character trope because i think maybe because he was always complaining and he could hold his breath like for seven minutes Yes. He had, yeah, the fucking Navy SEAL capacity. It seemed here. like it. Not those specifically, but. As soon as he said that, I'm like, okay, here's the setup to yeah, that. Yeah, they, they paid off a lot of, like, small Because it came out of like fucking that. nowhere. You're like, well, obviously yeah. that's going to be a thing later. And he's like, who here can. And the way they paid it off, like, the writing was atrocious. He's like, who here yeah, can hold their breath like, for seven minutes? And he's like, I can't see because of the water, but I assume I'm the only one raising my hand. And it's like, just fucking do the thing. Like, you don't need to explain it. You've wasted time. You've, you've wasted our, all our time here. And, in the, I don't care about you drowning. I care about me and the couch. Yeah. Wasted my time. I'm kind of annoyed that, like, Dora didn't suspect that the guy was probably, like, bad. Like, well, that was on. her character flaw, was that she was naive. But she, like, well, questioned him multiple flaw. times. Huh? She questioned him multiple times and was like, how how do, how do you know my name? How do you know it was me? If you only saw me when I was an infant. Well, I mean. It's, like, literally, like, this is what not to do the, if, like, a strange man in a van approaches The you, joke there was saying, that she looks the same, which was true like her visual design from child dora to young adult dora was the same so that's why she said infant but you think she had bangs as an infant well what were you defining infant as like a toddler i think an infant i imagine dora just came out just like infant is like like with just yeah she popped out of the womb with her fucking Hitler with youth haircut. With her, haircut. <laughs> with her Hitler youth haircut. <laughs> and her fucking the, talking backpack. 
<laughs> yes, Jake. Yes. He's like, yeah, you um, had the same pink shirt on. Yeah, I know who your daddy is. Can I know your parents? Um, so, how do they get to the jungle? Well, we have, we've established our main cast of four characters. Oh boy! What a what a riveting ensemble we have here. Smart oh, we girl. talk about Diego, who is just his trait is that I just I high school sucks for me. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sort of normie. I play soccer and I dislike high school. Yeah, Not which is weird because Diego had his own explorer show where he had a, like a, a lion, a jaguar. He was like, yeah, jaguar. He was like a rescuer or some yeah. shit. Animal Diego rescuer. And, and he lived in the Why jungle for. Why does Diego have no pals in the storyline? <laughs> yeah, where's his jaguar? And why does he? Why do they force romantic interaction between him and the the just yeah. biggest bitch because on the planet? A, like honestly, oh yeah, teen movie. no redeemable qualities. You you don't see any redeemable qualities at all. No, this is, up until like maybe towards the end. And the worst right, of Jake, it is, a, not even good looking. <laughs> you're a weeaboo like me, Jake, right? Yeah, sort of. Yeah. So, yeah. when I say the word the word tsundere, do you know what I'm talking no, about? Not that big of a weeboo. Okay. So you know that character in anime who's always like, it's not like I'm into you or anything. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That. Yeah. That's tsundere. Okay. She's, and so this this character was legit like an exact. This was a, that exact character when she's like, I'm totally not into you or anything. I feel either that. It's not like I want to kiss you or anything. I feel bad for or that actress maybe. because I think it's just the way her lip color contrasted with her skin color and made it look like she had a little right. mustache. I don't know. I'm yeah. not going to comment on I that. I feel bad. Um, I feel bad. I am going to comment on how. So they get lured into an obvious honeypot at the museum on a field trip. Oh, yeah. Um,. So when the lady's like, come this way, get separated from the group. Never go to a secondary location. <laughs> secondary location. D- learn from Dora. Dora did all the wrong decisions in this movie. Because she's looking yeah, no, for a Egyptian Which way do we go? Yeah. Uh, like, no, of course, by, so by they... coincidence, the, the four characters we've established. And why, when I say four characters we've established, they're the only four characters we've established. In this high school. What about her grandma? In her this abuela? high school, Jake. Listen to the words yeah. I say. <laughs> I don't fucking care. Her grandma was there. Talk about <laughs> her grandma. Street. Her grandma's Abuela's old cool. and says, be yourself in Spanish. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. Go grandma. Go boy. Um, um, so they get kidnapped yeah. and they get shipped by crate out to the, the Peruvian jungle. Um... And the 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 A student, whatever her name is, she has the audacity to be like, "We need to call the police." And I'm like, "No." They even, they, I mean, they say it, but I also said it. I'm like, "No, you're you you've been captured by a cartel or mercenaries and are in the Peruvian jungle. It's just not gonna happen. You have to go on a on a fucking jungle quest in." What is, I cannot imagine, is anywhere near Peru. They definitely shot this in, like... Australia. They shot this on a soundstage in front of a green screen. It was somewhere where they had cornfields. Yeah, I think any live-action stuff, I think, was all in Australia. Nebraska. Um, I saw... I I wanted to see if there was an end scene, and there was. Um, Not an end scene, but an end thing. It was the mariachi band of slugs 
that go at the end of the Dora show. Um, but I saw at the end there was like a uh, thanks to Australian government wildlife or some of that. Yeah, it. So I'm assuming that was all shot. Apparently, it was filmed between August and December of 2018 in Australia and Peru. Oh, and okay, also so in L.A. on a soundstage in front of a green screen. Makes sense. Um, so, yeah. So, they're, I guess now we're on jungle jungle thingy. They meet up with Alejandro. Alejandro. And they're, they're walking through. I won't through betray you. Hijinks ensue include my, just my favorite scene. Really a top quality cinema scene. The only one that's worth talking about. Uh, where... The girl has to fucking use the bathroom, but she says, "I need to take a poo. <laughs> I need to take a poo." And then Dora's like, "No, don't be ashamed of taking a poo. We all take a poo. Everybody poops." And I'm in my head. I'm like, "Just don't use that word." Like we have, I gotta go. I gotta use the restroom. I gotta take a, you know, yeah. I gotta take a thing. But they say poo, not poop. Not poop or not dump, yeah. but poo. Like they're, just, a, they're just trying to create like an awkward tension, and it's like it's really forced awkward uh, interactions between these two because she's like obviously trying to be very so modest then, or whatever and be like, no, girls don't poop. So then just Dora dumb. goes and takes out a trench spade it's and sings a song about shitting in the woods. Do you not yep. sing a song when you shit what in the woods? What are you doing? I, I know I sing laugh. a song when I shit in the woods. I don't sing a song of encouragement. That's, you know, I sing like, I sing I sing about my shit. I don't sing about the concept of taking a shit. I sing on top of and spaghetti. And they certainly don't put a GoPro <laughs> in the poop hole for when she goes to sit down on it. I was like, this is a this is the worst angle. That's... Who? Who is the DP this on is this? Some this is not coverage you need to get. Fetish. They're trying to bring in some sort of fetish crowd. Um, <laughs> and then I'm, they get I'm attacked really, and they cut really back upset. to her and she's she's still currently pooping. And they're like they're running past her as she's in the middle of her of her shit. No. And no, I'm like, this Pete, is you no. you blew past the probably one of the most vile parts of this movie. Which was our introduction to Swiper. Oh yeah, we. I should. I should talk about Swiper. This. Okay, so in the beginning of the movie, we see Swiper in her imagination, and they they evade no, Swiper the before fox. Before the movie starts, there is a disclaimer: everything in this movie is oh. true except for the fox, paid for by the Fox Association. What the fuck? This is, and then we have Swiper, who I I'm just convinced he's just a non diegetic character in this movie, like. I don't know. I don't know why. Why? What is Swiper? They had to get him here? in there because he's. Why the, is everyone just okay yeah, with he's this? The, he's got to be in he's there. He's got to be in there because it's part of the Dora IP. Literally, just, I don't. The writers like, just didn't know, so they're like, I "How don't do know. you work Swiper just in the into a movie other than just like shove him in there? <laughs> There's no organic is way to really, do it." <laughs> Is it really Dora the Explorer if there's not Swiper in it? Like that—that's what makes Dora the Explorer. Dora the Explorer is her counterpart, and they had to fit it in there somehow. And they just—they—they they just took two, couple scenes, and they're just like, "Fuck it, 
throw an animated fox. And you know what? Give him like. Don't put googly eyes on the map, but he's got to get that map. Got a map. The map. And he sings the map song, and he he swiped the map. He fucking did it. He did it. And then he's um, like going mang all the time. I don't. Yeah. So he just shows up in scenes. He's there with the mercenaries, um, and it's it is just weird how they just don't make any reference to it. In the way that they lampshade hang every other aspect of the movie, they just leave that in. They just don't comment on it. So that's yeah. that's strange. And they they paid Benicio they del Toro a lot of money. Oh, was, I was oh my god! Say. Oh my god! I was say, I guess who is the fox? <laughs> Fucking Benicio del Toro, and he's the top. Top listed on the cast too. It's I'm surprised he beat amazing. out Eva Longoria in <laughs> top listing on the cast. Who's Dora's Good mother God. for reasons. Yeah. Um, Diego is played by oh, Jeff yeah. Wahlberg, spelt oh, the same. There was a but joke in the beginning. So before I gotta skip back for a second. Before she gets to the city, she's living with her professor parents. We're gonna find the lost city of whatever. And Michael Pena makes a joke. That was that was literally a strong bad joke from fucking homestarrunner.com in 2005. Oh, what rave music sounds like? Yes. Yeah. That that All scene I thought was the system is down. Soon. Which was a much funner song and one that I still occasionally go back and like I want to listen to that song. Yeah, that scene I'll, lasted I'll way share too it long. Up. But that, all right, that's so, the problem I have I think I I've seen without this entire movie through this entire movie is that I think they have jokes that just run a little bit too long. I think like, what happened is they wrote the movie and they like did a table read and they're like, okay, where are we at on that? And they're like, uh, 65 minutes and like, shit, we gotta, let's, let's, let's pad the runtime a little bit. Let's stretch some of these jokes out. <laughs> hey, that rap bit. Can you, can you like beatbox for a little bit longer? You can. All right. Do that. Oh, it's yeah. not funny. We don't care. We we Just do it anyways. We gotta we gotta ship this for release in in two weeks. We don't have time. Animators, can you make the fox <laughs> scenes still... a little bit longer? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Oh, it's um, gonna be less quality. We don't care. Just make it longer. Another nitpick I have with this movie. Um, so they pr- they depict the people of Parapata as like. It's like an ancient, like long, like a lost civilization. Despite one, they get there and there is an active culture living there. Um, two, it is in just a just in a mountain valley where you could easily see it by satellite. Three, she calls Quechua an ancient, like an ancient Incan language, and I'm like, that doesn't that doesn't sound right. Yeah. So I looked it up and. The, the descendants of the Inca Empire, the Andean people, the Quechua people, and the Quechua language are still alive and thriving in Peru today. They make up a significant portion of that country's population. They are a very strong and living ethnic group and not a dead civilization. I guess that's how she learned and the so, language. <laughs> yeah, that's Peter, are you saying guess, that this like, Dora the Explorer movie is not historically accurate? No, I don't believe that. Which is weird. <laughs> now, which is weird because she like fucking rattles off like all the different jungles or whatever. When the girl's like, "You want to save the rainforest?" She's like, "Which one?" And then she rattles off a bunch of specific names. But they can't get it that like the Quechua are, are not dead, and 
it's it's Peter, it's the weird. plot hinges on Parapata being a lost civilization. So they can do the big reveal. Then put it in a big old dome. Put a dome over the city. (laughs) You want the fucking Wakanda dome from Black Panther over? Yes, Yes. that would be. That would explain why the fucking the old the old lady turns into a fucking Pocahontas model at the end. To be fair, we still are finding civilizations in the Amazon and other rainforests. That were previously undiscovered, despite all our advanced satellite imaging. Secrets can exist in the modern era in these dense jungles. Yes. I would also say that a cleared 65-foot high temple, a gigantic uh, temple that is not covered. See now, the old pyramids... We didn't find them in the in the jungle because they were just covered. They were buried in dirt and sediment and vegetation. And they were just like, oh, it's a hill. No, that's not a hill. That's a giant fucking temple. Um, but this one was not. It was uncovered. And it was like very much there. They'd even do a wide shot of the whole valley mm-hmm. showing explicitly the fact that you could just see the whole thing from your naked eye from far away. Well, see, when you try to take a satellite image of that, the sun reflects off that big golden monkey statue. There's a statue. big sun bowl. <laughs> yeah. And, a big and sun bowl, just, which ostensibly is made out of out of hammered bronze or gold. I guess it would be hammered gold. It but looks, then shatters it looked, like a ceramic when you drop well, it. Well, it looked like it was clay with a gold thing on the bottom. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what to say to you apologists. <laughs> No, I'm just that I'm I'm not apologizing for it. I'm saying that is what the bowl looked like. It looked like a clay bowl <laughs> with a gold insert on the bottom. <laughs> so I didn't I didn't take a second gasp when it shattered like a ceramic because I thought it was a fucking clay bowl with a gold circle on the bottom. <laughs> I'm glad you're in a better state of mind than me during this movie because at this point I was just like. Oh no! I wanted this I movie to end at this point. Like the only thing that get, I maybe I was riding riding the the high of the fucking field of spores that made them all fucking yes. high and animated. <laughs> My other fucking nitpick is those are just those are just Titan flowers. Those are actual flowers that exist, and they do not short shoot hallucinogenic spores. They just smell like ass and bloom once a year. That's all they do. It looks really pretty, but I mean they don't animate you. <laughs> no, I love that scene. I, I actually, was so happy that happened. I will, yeah, that was good. I mean, I like that sequence. I just didn't like that yeah. they used that particular flower to get there because I. It's a really cool I like watching those videos where they have yeah. time lapse videos of that. I feel of like that the standard moving. of realism you're holding door the lost city of gold too, Peter might be a little too high. <laughs> what I'm saying is, Sign your fucking instead sources. of that flower, they should have made it like a giant like avatar flower with fucking like limbs and man-eating jaws but the thing is honestly i thought they were like made up flowers i did not know that those were real flowers because i don't well that allow me to show you that nickelodeon movies (laughs) 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 and i'm also not a botanist (laughs) so i don't know every flower but now that you say that yes you have ruined that part of the movie for thank you for destroying my favorite part of the door movie peter I hope it was worth it. <laughs> oh, though that's not the same. Yes, they it were is. Pink. Just watch the video. They were like pink. 
Everybody knows a different color means a different type of thing, like the golden poison frog, right? Yes, that just put them to sleep, even though they established that it would kill someone in the beginning of the movie. Yeah, it 100% killed them. I did like that joke. That was the only one of those jokes that worked for me, where she looks at the camera and is like, can you say lethal neurotoxicity? (laughs) Yeah, that was a good one. Did you did you like the payoff of the yo-yo being the deadliest weapon and then she takes out this ginormous dude? Um, no, oh, I thought oh. that was dumb. <laughs> no. So, the yo- I looked into that too. I looked into that too because I was fucking pissed on this movie. I'm like, that was a Filipino weapon, but even that was wrong, I learned. I thought it was a Filipino weapon, but no, the yo-yo was, like, the oldest thing was the Greeks. It was an old Greek toy. It was always a toy. It was never a weapon. And it was... It was brought to America in the 20s by a Filipino guy, but it was not an ancient Filipino cultural piece. Sorry, guys. Well, no. I did. I did more. I did more exploring than fucking Dora did in this movie. I could. I could do this ch- jungle challenge bullshit. That's too funny. I'm glad you made super productive. Is this why you were up till four in the morning and we started late because you were fact-checking the Dora movie? This is how I am with every bad movie. It takes me three hours to watch a bad movie because I stop, I need to get up and yell at something for about five minutes and then I sit down and I watch five more minutes of movie. I, uh, I, my, my movie watching experience is a tiramisu cake of content and my anger. It is a it is a hundred layer phyllo dough baklava of just rage and shitty cinematography. We're just naming desserts now. <laughs> did, you put, did you put together like a wall of like yarn that has like connected all the dots of like that jaguar wasn't real? Did you real. use the red tag? No. We've I never keep it all in here, Jake. I keep it all in the dome, which the fucking city should have been. So they go into the city and it's alive, and there's a fucking golden monkey there. That's what. The, that's the whole thing. It's just it's a golden monkey. Not and not tre- the beer. But friendship is the true treasure. Yeah. Or whatever the fuck. Um, I mean, props to them for like no. It, well, friendship wasn't the true treasure. It was water because Incans. It was true. They had to fucking irrigate into the Andes Mountains, which is, you know, hard. Not a lean feet. When you're, yeah, when you're not an industrial, you know, not a modern industrial civilization. It's hard for us to it's do hard it without and dynamite. <laughs> Yeah, uh, so I'll appreciate for that, even if it, you know, even if it means they also happen to make a Disneyland water slide as their sluice gate, the Door of the Explorer Incan Irrigation Ditch adventure. Yeah. <laughs> coming soon. Um, so they get to the city, and in, in like, perfect formulaic fashion, Alejandro's like, I was a bad guy all along. I was a mercenary all along. Oh, Let's my God. Let's go into the city. And get the treasure. Yeah, and they um, do the jungle puzzles and navigate the the traps, and it's all very Tomb Raider, all very Uncharted. And then they cleverly let the bad guy take the fall on the last trap there, and they're like, "Oh no, we're not with them. We're we're explorers. We're not treasure hunters. Treasure hunters bad. Explorers good." And then the Incan people accept this, and then they go back to L.A. instead of the jungle because Dora wants to learn more about high school and then they do a very long protracted musical number over the fucking uh, credits which uh, yes at this point I was just I, stunned that this movie was still going on 
I laughed out loud at the very last frame of this movie. So this is where, so all these kids, I think they went to theater school, so they're probably all trained in like dance and whatever. I can't imagine that Nick doesn't hire for, they don't farm out from like a California, a bunch of California pop star acting schools. They're like, yeah. Like Disney Channel's pop star um, farm, they just pull them out when they're ripe. Exactly. Like, how, how do they get, you know, Drake and That's Josh where the Jonas kids. Brothers came uh, from. So, All right. Okay, we got another one out here. It's like a fucking Mandrake. They're just like, but it's all like an auto-tuned Mandrake. They're like, ha! Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like, everyone, close your ears. It's dangerous at this stage. <laughs> We're going to pull out the Ariana that's Grande why, strand. <laughs> that's why they're all boy bands, because, like, what happens when you pull them out of the ground by themselves? Their their resonance is enough to drive a person insane. But if you put four of them together, they all cancel each other out, and they're perfectly balanced until. So you have to keep them together until they mature. If they break off, it's it's a bio, it's a grade seven biological weapon, and you have to you have to activate the Alabama scenario. <laughs> no, but the last frame of this movie. So the last frame of this movie is just like Dora, just like in a crowd, and she's like wow and she looks like somewhere off camera left and it free it shuts to gray and it freeze frames on her with like random people in the foreground it's it it was stunning to me i fell out of my couch laughing yeah uh so jeff Wahlberg plays diego and it's spelt the same way so i was curious and looked it up and yes he is mark Wahlberg's nephew wow wait really that's amazing. I guess one of Mark Wahlberg's brothers married a Dominican woman and out popped Jeff nine months later. <laughs> Can't believe he made it. Um, yeah, so that was Dora. We we talked a lot more about it than I was expecting <laughs> as we tip over that two hours that now. That was just me being angry. Um, and us being incredulous at the depths that Peter will go to tear apart a fucking children's movie. <laughs> <laughs> historical accuracy um but we thank you for joining us uh if you made it to the end of this episode congratulations um we'll be streaming some more doom 3 live tonight on twitch at 8 p.m eastern standard time as is our usual uh marketing here and you can check out our social media for uh, updates on exactly when we're going live because sometimes we went a little bit late sometimes we're a little bit early it's a grab bag you'll never know so you want to stay tuned to twitter which is at stud saturn and maybe facebook uh facebook.com backslash saturn studs podcast or something like that even if i got the links wrong you can check them all out at our easy to remember link of saturnstuds.com that'll take you to our website which has links to our youtube channel where we put archive versions of our streams up there for your viewing pleasure if you uh miss the vod on twitch and want to check it out later in higher quality you may do so on our youtube channel and uh other than that i think that's all we have for episode 224 join us next week for episode 225 which will be something that uh will be of Mm -hmm. perhaps greater than usual importance given the nice round number we're approaching on that uh but until then be well stay safe and party like it's 1995 peace bye bye